BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. LPN Deep Dives presents... A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. God, it's been a long week. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I have just been... Talking, 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 writing, 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 go to sleep, wake up, talking, writing, 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 talking, talking, talking. This is, this is your, um, this is your safe space. The studio? Yeah. You're just saying that so I'll make more episodes. This is your safe space and you have to keep writing, is what I'm saying. You know what your problem is? You're too good at it. Oh my God, thank you. That is very manipulative, but it works. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gaslighting you. I am just saying that you're too good at it. It's positive gaslighting, I guess. Isn't that kind of nice? Yeah. You know what? Let's highlight positive gaslighting of each other. <laughs> Let's raise each other up with the gaslighting. Yeah. You know? Friends. Down with the gaslight. That's different. That's so. Oh. That's very different. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just getting all, I'm feeling very court of nightmares right now so I think I'm feeling very like manipulative and and scary. That's fun. I love your makeup by the way. Thank you. Fashion. Yeah. We're both dressed for court of nightmares today and it's a lot of like making sure your boobs stay in place. I am fairly nervous about Thankfully we don't have to move. I don't think I could wear this dress if I went somewhere because it's a lot of shifting around. Yes. You know? You gotta kind of hold. No back. I can't do a no back. I'm scared. It is scary. Do you feel free? It's kind of, it's this nice breeze, I guess. Yeah, but then aren't you always worried about it just like falling off your body? Well, yeah, if I was not sitting in this chair. Yes. yes. Don't worry. I won't ask you to shift about too much. (laughs) Thank you? Shift. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're already in the court of nightmares. Positive gaslighting. Positive gaslighting. The Jackie uh, Zabrowski story. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into this because we got some stuff to discuss There's today. There's some things that happened. This book it has so, like, especially in the reread of it, so much happens in this book. They, she just jams it in chapter by chapter of just like, what? What is happening now? Like, there's no downtime. No. And I think that that's why, and I'm not trying to like, I know I shouldn't over speak right now, but I feel like that's why like the fourth book is so important because like, 
they got to have some downtime. Oh, I like, honestly, I like the fourth book. I think it's fun to have a little holiday special. Holiday special. But we're not in the holidays right now because we're in the middle of a war about to start. There is no time for holidays, except there is a holiday coming up. Mm. But it's a sexy holiday. Yeah. So, okay, last time we left off, we had retrieved the Fae half of the book from Summer Court under the guise of friendship. And then they just, they, they came and they stole it away. They just tap danced all over their friendship. They tap danced and they tap danced and they tap danced mm. until the friendship fell apart. Yep. Right. For now, at least. They've gotten the blood diamonds, except... Amron got a little something extra, so maybe it's not all bad yet. Noise. Uh, so, well, Feyre passes out after this night mission. So they were taken back from the summer court. Now they're back at Valeris, and she's just like, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Yes. She wakes up from the snap, and she decides to have a little chillax session in the garden because she earned it. Not a paint in sight. No, she can't paint yet. We're not there. So she decides <laughs> she's going out and then the, she's watching the sunset and she decides she's going to go up to the roof to watch the sunset only to find Rizan there getting lit. Yeah, man. But not fun lit. No, sad lit. Sad lit. He doesn't look thrilled. She joins him and he shows her the box that he's received from the summer court, which contains the aforementioned that I just said three seconds ago. Three large rubies. Oh, no, but not good rubies, bad rubies. Blood rubies, no. to be exact. Which, you know, that's a pretty fun way of marking someone for death. I, I do mean, enjoy that. They've got all of those riches. I mean, why not give some of them, like, uh, this one's a good one, but this one's a blood one. I don't want to be marked for death, but if I was, I would like to receive a big jewel. I'd wear it all the time and be like, this is my blood ruby. Yeah, and we'll find out that Amran... Kind of leans into that way. Amron's so, bad ass. Yeah, she's dude. bad to the bone. Even though, I wonder if she has just normal bones. Do, or do you think inside of her, because she's not really a, a fae, like it's just jello inside of her body? It could be. And of course, my brain went immediately to boner. And of course. I, you know what? I think that if any of these people could get the hardest boner, it's probably Amron. Ooh. Mind boner. I wonder if she could also like switch genitals out. That'd be cool. Man, that would be so awesome. I would love, love, love to be able to play with a ding dong. Yeah. My ding a ling, my ding a ling. <laughs> Remember that one? That song's not about that. Oh, that's not about that. <laughs> Actually, is it? Pretty sure my dingling's about a penis. Well, I guess they. What just, else would it be about? I don't know, but they couldn't really talk about penises then. Well, that's why you say my dingling mm. instead. Well, oh no, I think it's the bell on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it, it's a double entendre. I think it's a dingling. They could only sing about having sex with twelve-year-old girls back then. Oh man, and boy, um, did they love singing about it. They loved it. So, Reese reflects on the choices that have... Are you looking this song up? Yep, I certainly am. <laughs> yep, it's bells on a string. Oh, it's all about his bells on a string, but it is double entendre. Yeah, I think because it's also a song about grammar school, which is, just makes me think he's probably some kind of gross. Ugh, I hate were. this. I don't want to think about my dingling yeah, anymore. Get it out of I'm here. sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about sexy things. Yes, and so, my dingling is not sexy. No. So, Reese reflects on the choices that have led them to this point. How he could have 
perchance chosen the honest route with Tarquin. But that risk was really too great in his eyes because whether or not Tarquin said yes, that they would help, it would let in a whole new slew of people on their in on their plan of action. And, it, yeah. you know, it seems to irk him as much about potentially losing this friend as it does about the mission risking. Like, he seems so sad that he almost had a friend, which is very poor, poor, lonely reason. Well, especially when it comes to the High Lords, because it doesn't seem like a lot of the High Lords get along. And wouldn't mm-hmm. that be nice to be like, oh, man, you totally understand what I have to go through. And now we can connect on a different level. And you know what? Bros want gal time, too. They do. And also, Tarquin has the same goals. Like, he wants to create equality in, in Prithian. And so he feels really awful about having to, to to lie to him. All right, I'll have sex with Tarquin. It'll help. It would help. I have to help Prithian. I mean, I've got my sexy Court of Nightmares outfit on right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there is an outfit that I could seduce in, it's this one. Sorry, yeah. Natalie. Be careful mm. of me this episode. I've done this to us. Yeah. So it's my fault. this out. Yeah. Oh, my God. My I nipples are just like, they're just like peaking. They're like just no, barely not. hiding. They're in there. All right. They're in there. I love that cutout, though. Thank you. It's very Night Court fashion. Um, so Feyre tries to console him, but he is angry with himself for not wiping the memories of the guards he knocked out because when they set the alarm off to get the the half of the book, all of the guards showed up and he just kind of knocked them out, but he didn't wipe their memories out. Even the most powerful high lord in history makes mistakes, Jackie. I know. And he's so good and he's able to like own up to his mistakes too. It's true. <gasps> he's not like the other high lords. He really isn't. And it does seem so much more troubling to Reese that he probably, you know, just lost the camaraderie of Summer Court because he notes how both Amarin and himself could technically level all of Adriata if they wanted to, but instead, and even still, his legacy as a bastard will continue on, even though he could technically just kill them right now. He wouldn't, but he still has this reputation of the Dark Lord because of what he does to protect Valaris. Feyre seems that he's sees that he's really upset, and instead of barking back at his grumps she tells him straight listen let us get through the war and then we'll deal with the cauldron and then we worry about tarquin later we seem he seems hung up on the word we we will worry about tarquin later oh so pharaoh's considering staying around long enough for a later that Hmm? should put a little smile on his sexy face i know and pharaoh thinks that she decides you know every time that i was like really broken he would distract me and he would not leave my side even when i was being kind of a jerk and so she tries to break him out of this mood he's been in because he's always done it with her by flirting after brushing off her little taunt that she's going to buy a lavish house on her paycheck she gets it's a little risque. I said sweetly. I saw a pretty little shop across the Sidra the other day. It sold what looked like to be lots of lacy little things. Ooh. Am I allowed to buy that on your credit too? Or does that come out of my personal funds? Uh-oh. Oh, man. He says he's not in he's the mood. He's not in the mood. And we have to respect. And yet, his eyes light up a little bit. So Feyre doesn't... eyes. <laughs> I swear, I think I need to get Jeff, like, colored contacts. contacts. You should. I think I have to. Like, is that going too far? Is that when it goes too far? Like, I haven't asked him to, like, put on elf ears. Yes, I said elf Uh ears. (laughs) That's what these are. I feel like these aren't fey enough. You want them pointier? Yeah, and I think I just want them to, like, be sexier. Hmm. 
And right now they just look like fake ears. I don't think, I think they look pretty good. You think so? Yeah, I mean. You think I look fake? <laughs> you do, Jackie. You do. Um, I don't know, like, you think they should be, like, pointier and longer? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So she can see that he is not totally against this. And so she's not leaving. She's not going to slink away wounded. She remembers again how many times he didn't leave her side. So I held his gaze. I never knew Illyrians were such morose drunks. I'm not drunk. I'm drinking. He said, his teeth flashing a bit. She toys with mm. him. <laughs> she toys with him further, saying maybe he should have slept with Crusada. He's still being a grumperson. Yeah, he's got to get it out. Maybe he needs to be milked. I. <laughs> she should like have the just minotaurs. Said it. Yeah, there's this minotaur milking um, erotica that um, some of some of us girls have been reading. <laughs> Did you? Are you not into minotaurs getting milked, Natalie? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I've no. never thought about it, but I, I don't. It's think... not for everybody, but they're so big and strong. <laughs> Did I just disgust you? Wow. You know, I, it's taken a lot to disgust you because I feel like I've been, I've been saying some things. But this, that's Minotaurs getting milked is where you draw the line. It's because we're getting to the sexy stuff. Yeah. My lines are getting crossed. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting sexy today, y'all. <laughs> so... She's in, she's like, after he's like not really fully getting out of his grump, she's just going to throw it out. I was going to invite you to pick out lingerie with me so I could send some to Tarquin, but maybe he'll take back the death, you know, the death ruby if I do. And he begins to show that ghost of a smile on his face. <laughs> Someone thinks mighty highly of herself. Why shouldn't I? You seem to have difficulty not staring at me day and night. There it was, a kernel of truth. And a question. Am I supposed to deny? He drawled, but something sparked in those eyes. That I find you attractive? What's <laughs> <laughs> what we've been waiting for? This is like, man, around this time in the book, I'm just like, squeeze it out! Uh, Give it to me! She edges like no one else, I'll tell you. Bro, she really, she's so good at edging us. She really is. She leans into the feelings she was experiencing in Adriata, only this time with a flirty tone instead of a s internal sad girl fest. So she, you know, she's kind of like touching on this truth that she had when she was in Adriata that he doesn't actually tell her like directly. He doesn't do these romantic things. He's just always playing with her. And so she's kind of like questioning him in a way in this moment. Yeah, because like with Crusada, he was like all over her and like and touching on her. Like intimately and, with her. And yes. Stuff. But, you know, you're different. Feyre, you're not like the other girls. She really is, and neither is he, though. No. He's not he's like the not. other boys. He certainly is not. So suddenly, Reese has perked up and is distracted from his glumness, and Feyre is, of course, doing this purely for work purposes. Sure, you know, sure, sure. Just yeah, to yeah, help. Yeah. She's just trying to help. Um, Dismiss them as teasing compliments. Nothing more. She says, well, maybe you should do a better job of it. The gleam in his eyes turned into something predatory. A thrill went through me as he braced his powerful arms on the table and purred. Is that a challenge, Feyre? Is it? Is it indeed? Okay, so they're off to the races. They are interrupted, however, in this moment uh. 
by, uh, I believe, Azriel. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's Azriel. And they are, uh, and Feyre kind of walks off, only to be str- distracted by an extremely clear vision in her head. We're going to hear this scene from another's mouth on one of the upcoming episodes, so you're going to have to wait for that, friends. No! A very fun guest for that. So they're starting not to pull back, you know, and if you've read the books, you know what scene this is. If you haven't, it is a very graphic fantasy, we shall say. Uh, (laughs) And you should read it because you're crazy to not. But also you'll hear this scene uh, probably in the next two or three episodes for dudes grappling with erotica. They're... They are both starting to not pull back the punches whenever one of them dangles their carrot in front of the other. Noice, Natalie. I guess. Yeah, covered in balsamic glaze. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he needs to go to the doctor. Yeah, it sounds like something's wrong with him. You don't want it to look like balsamic glaze. No, I guess you shouldn't. (laughs) A candied carrot. Um, That night... More. Someone in chat, by the way, the other day said, I could totally see Jackie playing the bark-faced woman. And I was like, are you Henry? I just imagined. <laughs> I, they didn't mean it in a bad, like they meant it in a good way of me playing Alice. And I was like, it just sounds like such an, a Henry thing. So they're like, yeah, you could be the bark-faced one. Like the dog woman. Yeah. Yeah, you dog-faced <laughs> bitch. That's, Henry would never call me a dog-faced no. bitch. But he would say that I would be the bark one. But, you know, brother. Brothers. That's yeah. what brothers do. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a, a, a choice to say that in chat. Yes, um, they didn't mean it like that. <laughs> so that night, Moore and Feyre are having dinner alone and enjoying what would likely be some lovely bonding time with each other over wine. They're they're building their friendship, and Moore <laughs>, laughs until wine comes out of her her nose whenever Feyre describes the vision Reese has sent her. Spoiler, by the way. Um, you can feel Feyre start to unthaw in these chapters. Yes, you really can. She really begins to walk, you know, in pace with the others, kind of molding and kind of feeling like she's one of them. Well, she's sleeping. She's eating. Like, she also feels like she's being included because she is. I mean, she is, you know, the emissary to the mortal lands mm-hmm. now. She's got her own little, like title. Yeah. And even just finding a friend. She's never really had one. I know. And more. Um, you know, because she didn't really have that relationship with her sisters. So she's yeah. finding some kind of peace. That evening, however, she's awoken by a massive explosive noise and finds darkness leaking into her room. She knows immediately that it is Rizan's darkness as it lives in her as well in that kernel. It's quite intense, like a storm of night is barreling through the hallway. And in a panic that something is wrong with Reese, she flings herself down the hall to his bedroom, only to discover she can't even see him in this cloud of darkness that's consuming his room. She finds his shoulders in the pitch black and is relieved to find he is breathing but not responsive. She tries slapping him awake, but he's held in some sort of strained prison of his mind. And she tries to reach down the bond some way to, to connect to him, to find him, banging on the wall of adamant at the front of his mind. Finally, he shoots awake, but is in such a terror that he grabs hold of Feyre and brings his hand to her throat. I threw my own power out, black to black. Soothing his darkness, the rough edges, willing it to calm, to soften. My darkness sang his own a lullaby. 
a song my wet nurse had hummed when my mother had shoved me into her arms to go back to attending parties. Get also, off of my yeah. shoulder, you child. I want to get drunk. That's what you would sing to your babies. Go away from me now, you piece of shit. And then it's like, oh, no, I didn't mean to say that. It's just because I'm drunk from all of my parties. I'm going to commend you, Natalie. That you, it, like, this was such a great writing about this very, like, intense scene. Oh. And not once did you mention that he was fully nude. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry. Because you did so because I was just like, but he's, she but touches also, him. And also, but also, but also. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. I, like, I was like, that's great because technically you're doing what you were, like, doing such an amazing job of creating this vision. But all I could think of is just, like, him throwing. Crashing on the bed, naked. That's why you're here. <laughs> I also am trying to do that because I, I actually, in this episode, when we're getting to these scenes, I did have to go in my head. Like, I have to make sure I'm not just writing. And then he did this. <laughs> and then she said that. Can you believe me? God. I have to try to, like, not do that when I'm writing. So I'm the one. That's why I'm the one that I take it down. I take it down to the, the gutter level. And uh, I appreciate yeah. you keep it very elevated and you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> he takes a moment to realize where he is in this moment, panicked, and his eyes are darting around. And then he realizes it's Feyre. Feyre's here. And his darkness evaporates. His nightmare is left behind. This is the first that Feyre's ever seen his room as he's hovering over her, having almost just strangled her. His bed is massive, she notes, and then realizes he is fully nude above her. <laughs> she, she says she doesn't dare look below his chest, but I don't believe her. I don't believe her. Like she ain't looking. Right? I lay there, staring up where he now knelt on the bed rubbing his hands over his face. My traitorous eyes indeed dared to look lower than his chest, but my attention snagged on the twin tattoos on each of his knees, a towering mountain crowned by three stars. Beautiful, but brutal somehow. I love that imagery. I think that's a really cool idea for the, the tattoo imagery. Have I thought about getting those tattoos? Maybe. I know. They're fun. Maybe I've no. thought about it. They're, I feel like people must have gotten these. They have to. Yeah. They have to have. It's a, it sounds like such cool tattoos. I know. Seriously. The only thing that's keeping me from it is how much it would hurt to get tattoos directly on the kneecap. Well, see, I think feel you can do like it above right it. here. You can do it right above it. This is great for a podcast I'm showing my Well, leg. you're just pointing um, right above it, and I think that I could do that, but do... Is that too far? I mean, they're cool. I mean, we're talking about Akatar for many, many hours. Like, do I also get a tattoo? I also have the Twilight tattoo. I mean, so it scares right. me. So it's like every time she reads a book, she's got to get a tattoo. I think that's fun. That's what <laughs> tattoos are for. Also, they would be such a basic, base, like a line tattoo. Like, it wouldn't yeah. have to be a big thing. But I think it's above the knee because if you're kneeling, which maybe he will be later, I don't know. Yeah, because um, you would want to kneel before it. Like, that's yeah. the only thing you kneel before. You're right. It would be above it. I think so. So, <laughs> so Feyre realizes 
that in calling to Reese to get him out of his nightmare, she has awoken her connection to his night magic. She now realizes... (laughs) Oh, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She now can turn to shadow easily, which she does in that moment. Her hand becomes shadow and then returns again while she's laying in the bed with him. Which is really badass. It is. Reese, in full PTSD mode still, has talons coming from his hands and feet as though he has almost become the creature that he claims to hate, which he's told her before. Um, He apologizes for waking her, and she asks how often he has these kind of nightmares. As often as you, he says. These are under the mountain nightmares, of course. We have to fix him. But she has to fix herself, I too. I know. She, and that comes first. It does. Even though I'm positively gaslighting and maybe, <laughs> you know, she's already fixed. Maybe and she maybe has the strength to do both. Um, she asks him what his dream was about. And he tells her some things are best led, left unsaid even to her. Well... Feyre is compelled to reach out to him, but she refrains beyond touching his elbow. Thank you, he says. There is such pain on his face, she returns to him and kisses his cheek. His eyes were a bit wide as I pulled away, and he didn't stop me as I eased off the bed. I was almost out the door when I turned back to him. Reese still knelt, wings drooping across the white sheets, head bowed, his tattoos stark against his golden skin. A dark, fallen prince. And guess what? Goosh, goosh. She wants to paint. Yeah, of course she wants to paint him. Paint, 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 paint. Get out the paints, bitch. Get out the paints. We need like a paint song every time she almost paints. (laughs) I do love just. Yeah, make it all like um, like disturbed. Oh, I was thinking more like black eyed peas, but oh, okay, all right. I think we could do a hybrid. Yeah, we'll definitely. both <laughs> The thing the world has craved. The craving for a black eyed peas disturbed mashup. <laughs> so, chapter 39 begins with Amron trying to translate the text. We get our first glimpse of Amron's home here, as she doesn't live with the others in the townhouse or in the House of Wind. It's surprisingly domestic. It's normal. It sounds kind of like a fancy dorm room that she kind of sits in, that kind of just sits in the middle of Valaris, yeah. kind of a mess. Amron explains that she's lived all over the world in every kind of home, but seems to find this kind of living the most pleasurable. This way people don't want to come over, she <laughs> says. <laughs> Feyre has procured some blood for Amran, which further cements their bond, their friendship. As they talk about Reese, Feyre recalls writing him the night before, asking him about what the tattoos on his knees mean, which she saw during the sexy nightmare. That I will bow before no one and nothing but my crown. Hot! It is hot! It is hot! It is hot. As Feyre serves Amran her blood, Feyre dares ask her if she likes human blood. She says, nah, not for any moral reason, just that people eat garbage and the the taste gets into their blood (laughs) and it's too watery. Yuck, lamb's blood, please. All right. Which is her favorite. Or goat's blood. I think lamb or goat. Amran is prickly, but it really does seem that their sea escapade has endeared Feyre to her. So she's making friends. She is. She tolerates Feyre's questions as she sits near her as Amran pours over the ancient texts in the Book of Breathings. 
As they din together, Feyre notices that Amran is using her blood ruby as a paperweight. The best fuck you I can think of. <laughs> so Feyre questions her. Did Reese convince you not to decimate Adriata? Because you definitely could. Mm-hmm. She says, no, this convinced me. Sprawled across the top like a snake lay a familiar necklace of diamonds and rubies. I'd seen it before in Tarquin's trove. How? How? What? That's right. It's from Varian. It's from Varian! <laughs> Varian sent her a, what seems to be a love necklace. Do you think that they made fuck, like, the night that they met? Well, Amaran says they didn't. Well, the I mean, methinks thou doth protestimich. She says that it's almost it's almost sweet that, like, it's not, like, just fucking. She seems to have caught feelings for this monster. F- I mean, Varian seems to have caught feelings for this monster. Yeah, Varian does. And the monster seems to have caught feelings for a man. He's thirsty for hot monster love. Dude, after all, like, how many, like, how old is Amrin again? Like, 5,000 years or something. Like, you, really, really, really old. Do you think that this is her first, like, feelings foray? I do wonder because it seems as though, like, Feyre and Reese's, like, seem to be cauldron called to each other. And so whether or not they end up together, we don't know. Uh, (laughs) But there seems to be all of these other things at play. So maybe this is, like, when Amran has first found some level of, like, Feymanity. I love Feymanity. Um. I'm sure she's fucked a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just asking, you know, more than like bringing in the feels. In the feels. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- this read back too is really helping me like enjoy Amarin. Dude, yes. I like. I think I was so focused on how yeah. much I loved more that like I kind of put Amarin off to the side. But Amarin is an amazing character. I know. I love her. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. 
Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. As the inner circle waits for hearing word from the mortal queens as well as Aaron to translate the text and or you know Asriel to infiltrate the other courts to get intel or all of the above Feyre continues her Illyrian training on the roof of the house of wind in the meantime and also practices honing her high lord powers with Reese um so she basically is learning each different high lord uh you know their specific set of skills Baron, the cruel and vain High Lord of the Autumn Court, about Callius, the quiet and cunning High Lord of Winter, about Helion, Spell Cleaver, the High Lord of Day, whose 1,000 libraries had been personally looted by Amarantha, and whose clever people excelled at spellwork and archived the knowledge of Prithian. So now Feyre gets to have a little bit of all of those. Yeah, dude. It's fun. Beyond that, we get a glimpse of Feyre acclimating in this chapter, spending time with Moore, sitting with Amran in amicable silence while she works and Feyre reads. Feyre also explores her painting dreams with Reese through Fey texting. <laughs> he asks her about why she doesn't paint anymore. She reveals that part of her is empty and the paint pots in her heart are all dried up. I say put some water on yeah, it. She Maybe some need some lube. wet. Need some lubrication. Mm-hmm. She deflects before he can ask further. Has Reese always wanted to be High Lord? Yes and no. I saw how my father ruled and knew from a young age that I did not want to be like him. So I decided to be a different sort of High Lord. I wanted to protect my people, change the perceptions of the Illyrians, and eliminate the corruption that plagued the land. Feyre realizes in this moment, along with Jackie and Natalie... That Tamlin had never wanted to lead. Yeah, dude. It was thrust upon him. And you can't, you know, I don't blame Tamlin for not wanting that heavy heavy burden. But he was never really able to figure out how to step in regardless. Because he and make was, it his. Yes. And Reese, he may not have looked with favor upon his father's choices, but he knew that since that would likely be his station in life, he found a way to adapt and make use of himself. Yes. Whereas Tamlin's just like, I don't like this. I hate it and I don't want to do it. And like, and that makes, you know what it is? Did you it's just, very unattractive. Did Holden's voice just come out of your mouth? Yeah, it was a little. <laughs> I don't know if I could say Holden is a Tamlin necessarily, but don't don't cross those wires in my brain. There's no Holden just, in Prithian. It was so Holden there for a second. I was just like, do you know? It became him. Uh, <laughs> no, they're not the same. Uh, um, no, but yes, he, he kind of just, he, he just never found a way to make himself be good. In, because Tamlin's not, I don't think he's a bad person, a bad fae. No, he's just misunderstood. But he also is not. And he has anger problems. He he is, and he's not, you know, using himself to his full capacity. I think so. He needs therapy. He really. I mean, does. they all need therapy. And he's just like 
he's trauma dumping on Lucian all the time and it's not fair. I know. And he just has to take it because he has this sense of guilt and this like personal attachment with him where it's like, you know that, you know, you've given him your life. Sorry, we're not talking about Lucian right now. But also I've been seeing all this fan art of Lucian and in my head, I was never like fully turned on by Lucian. Hmm. But now I totally 100% am. Thanks, fan art. I know. I find him very attractive. Yeah, dude. Um, this is it's hard to be sexy when this wig is hurting my head so badly. Oh no, but you look so good and it's worth it. <laughs> See, <you>. positive <laughs> gaslighting. But you look so good and that's what makes it matter. Yep. <laughs> Beauty is pain. Yes. Um, but it'll be nice for the the video podcast mm-hmm. of me just constantly adjusting this. <laughs> um she writes back to him after learning this about him that at least he's quote one hell of a high lord. He'd returned that evening, smirking like a cat, and had merely said, One hell of a high lord? By way of greeting. I'd sent a bucket's worth of water splashing into his face. Reese hadn't bothered to shield against it, and instead shook his wet hair like a dog, spraying me until I yelped and darted away. His laughter had chased me up the stairs. It's a very sweet moment, which is why I wanted to put that in there. It's like so childlike and joyful. Yes, but also I love him coming in being like, one hell of a high lord, huh? Yeah. Huh? That's what you're fae texting me now? Yeah. And, you know, she did the very, like, sh- like in a nice Stop way. Up! Yeah, like splashing him. They don't like you. Yeah. Which it, this, I think, is, a, is poignant because it was never that way with Tamlin. They may have been moments of happiness and or passion. And passion. I mean, there was some lust going on. But it was somewhat. To be honest, kind of generic, a Boros little distant. Yeah. yeah, even if even that time she was dancing and drugged and 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 you know like fiddling with Tamlin, it wasn't this full of ease. This feels unrestrained, and it feels like they just are so happy to be around each other. And they laugh. Yeah, he plays with her. This is going to be a challenge. Oh, again, this is what I was saying when I realized I have to not just go. You're doing an amazing job. I would not be able to navigate this with this much grace. But I do genuinely really love her writing, and I love the action sequences, too. Yeah. It's just that, especially in Mist and Fury, it's so, like, um, intoxicating yes. to, like, try to be in the middle of their back and forth. Um, but then we get news. The queens have announced that they will come to the Archeron estate to confer with the night court the following morning. They winnow that night to prepare for the visit, so they end up in the mortal realm in the night before so that they can be there in the morning. We get some facians here. It's not my style, but no. I'm sure Feyre looks stunning. I can't. She wearing. She's wearing a full white gown. Yeah, I can't do. I can't with that. It doesn't work on me. Plus, I can't cl- keep my hands clean enough, nor do I pay enough attention about where I'm sitting down. I'm always covered in food and dirt. I know. And like, not my hands and not my body, but my clothes. Often, why yeah. do you think I wear so much black? Yeah, I, it's it boggles the mind. I don't know how people do it. How do you wear white pants? I think you have to be very careful, and I think you have to like. Be careful of where you sit. Yeah, I'm more just like an elephant where I'm just like... Yeah, that's what I'm always saying. I'm like, Natalie, oh, the elephant. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the elephant in the room. Spewing out of her (laughs) trunk. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that, Natalie. Yeah, Yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) But of note, 
Reese is in his finery, not surprising me with the queens, but also he's wearing a crown of black raven feathers. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. The crown that was the sibling to my gold diadem. So I'm not dressed like favorite today, but I did have this on. Which you I look awesome. It, my crown looks like what I think hers is. But, um, you know, he puts her in a crown and one that's similar to his lord's crown, which is very intriguing. Um, they're both wearing black, or not black, they're both wearing raven feathered crowns. Sick, dude! More is in her regal red. Both she and Feyre wearing night court fashions that are both gown-like but also revealing, which I love. Love it! We don't get a glimpse of what Nesta and Lane are wearing in this scene. But, but it's just Boros nor immortal wear. Yeah, it's probably, you know, just kind of like some gray stuff or whatever. Yeah, but it's gray. Although, I mean, Amron makes gray work and makes it sexy. So. That's because Amron is badass. And again, she's Isabella Rossellini in my brain. Mm, yeah. So she could do whatever the hell she wants. Exactly. She's got the body for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're also in the room, though. They're waiting as well for the arrival of the queens. And then right at 11 a.m. on the dot, they appear. Not at the front door. No, they winnow in. <gasps> but they're mortals. Winnow? What? Mortals can winnow? We learn about the queen's appearances at the opening of chapter 40. The elder is a no-nonsense, no-malarkey type. Brown-skinned and strong, despite her age. The next oldest two sound something like out of, like, never-ending story or labyrinth or something. It's like they're complete, or like Mortal Kombat opponents. They're opposites of each other. Get over here! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Was that good? Did I do good? It was really good, Was that that good for the nerds out there? I remember, I know Get Over Here. I went to a Mortal Kombat party. (laughs) Oh, you did? That's right. Yeah. Um... Farrah notes that they have matching the two those two queens have matching silver rings on and wonders if they are bound in some way because they are exact inversions of one another. One in black, one in white, one is frowning, one is smiling. So between yeah, it seems like there are especially like mortals with power, they might sometimes be gifted magic, even though they don't have it themselves. I feel like that's not fair. I mean, no, but it's also not fair to not to be mortal next to a bunch of fae. Yeah, that's that is the problem with being human you just got to get over it sucks yeah man we all know it sucks and what do we do we put on the ears all right we pretend we become children of the blessed oh god we are we are such children of the blessed Natalie. Mm. the youngest queens are not freaky linked like the other two one has black hair and black eyes and Feyre does not seem to regard her with positivity she actually remains quite silent the only beauty among them from Feyre's eyes is the amber-eyed one with the golden curls brown skin freckled and glowing her body was supple where she'd probably learned men found it distracting lithe where it showed grace a lion in human flesh I love that passage. That's awesome. To quote John Waters, our bazooms are our weapons. Bazoom, 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 bazooms. <laughs> Sometimes in an enchant. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me slapping my bazooms. <laughs> Sometimes in an unjust world, you do, do what you, you got to do. do. Okay, girls? Or people with breasts? Yes. Use them bazooms. Mm-hmm. Feyre knows that they have brought their guards who now look so clunky and fragile to her now that she's no longer a human how the inner circle could stomp them all out like ants and she startles herself when she realizes that also now includes her she could probably destroy these guards Mm -hmm. so we've only described five queens though there are supposed to be six 
When asked, the eldest queen says she is unwell and could not make the journey. Interesting. Huh. Oh, yeah? Do we believe believe you? Do we believe this? I don't know if I believe you. Their eyes settle on Feyre, the emissary, the once mortal, now Fey, and then look at Rizond. A cutting glance toward Rizond. And you are the High Lord who wrote us such an interesting letter after your first few were dispatched. Though we don't learn what was in that letter just yet, Rizon makes it clear to Feyre mind to mind that he finds whatever it was to be amusing. (laughs) Do you think so? You think that he just wrote so many letters that by the end, like the last letter, he's like, bitch, just respond. No, he, they they tell him that they reveal eventually what he wrote in that letter. Yeah, I just I think oh, it would okay. be funny if he said, "Bitch, get back to me." Yeah, come on, come on, come on, talk to me, talk to me over here. Look over here. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be fun. I ruined your joke. You oh. ruined my joke, and I will never, never accept your apology. I hope you bring this up in like six years. I'm like, remember when? <laughs> Because um, I was trying to make a japery. <laughs> That's just sisters. That's how it goes. They steal each other's sunshine like Len. <laughs> like who? Len. Steal my sunshine. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, Natalie. Where oh, is our connection today? I don't know. I don't know no, anything. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Oh, God. <laughs> the queens know who they are facing, but as queens tend to do, they will not show deference. They all sit and they refuse to be bowed by him. But the amber-eyed beauty has taken note of Feyre's attire. Amber eyes slid to me, to my crown, then Reese's. An emissary wears a golden crown. Is that tradition in Prithian? No. Rizan said smoothly. But she certainly looks good enough in one that I can't resist. (laughs) Regardless of his intentions of putting Feyre in a crown, it certainly makes a a statement. And it is noted by the young queen. Not only a mortal turned Fey, but one held in a place of status by a high lord. They don't really know exactly what's going on here, but it's something. But I think that's exactly what Reese wanted. Yes, I think so too. Moore wants to know how they can winnow but they won't reveal their secret, only mm. saying that it is a gift from their kind, you know, the Fae. Mm. Now, that's kind of a big old problem. Yeah, dude. Because it insinuates that they are somehow beholden to somebody. Mm-hmm. But Reese doesn't dwell upon it. He tells them straightly, there is a great threat about to descend upon humans, and we want a pact with you. The eldest queen, again, will not be uh, intimidated. She fucking knows war is coming, you big idiot. And has been preparing for it for many years, okay? But they make it clear that they are not super concerned with that tiny piece of land inhabited by mortals in Prithian. So the queens are essentially saying, eh, you know, this eh, little we'll piece of Prithian, just like, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm, sucks, but that's, uh, that's the way it is. And so, you know, it's very cruel and cold, especially because they're literally sitting in a house of people who live in that land. And they're basically saying... You're probably going to get wiped off the map, but I don't give a fuck. Don't you want to sacrifice for the greater good? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, Reese interjects, you can't mean to say that these people are being sacrificed, but they do mean that. This declaration, of course, means that they are saying too bad, so sad about the Archeron estate. When both Nesta and Feyre push back, they say, 
okay, well, you high fate defend them if you think you're so great and you care so much. When the eldest says that it is no easy choice, it is the choice of cowards. Nesta snapped. Nesta don't give a damn about a crown. Yes. This is where it comes in that, like, it's good that Nesta's such a bitch. Yeah, for sure. Because even though she is obviously very flawed, she when she does care about somebody, she won't be, you know, she won't take it. Um, but the queens don't budge. They don't show an ounce of shame. In fact, they start playing the blame game with Rizan, which seems like an awful lot of deflection. Mm-hmm. Oh, said the eldest, her wrinkles seeming to harden, deepen. The High Lord of the Night Court asks us to join with him, save lives with him, to fight for peace. And what of the lives you have taken during your long, hideous existence? What of the High Lord who walks with darkness in his wake and shatters minds as he sees fit? A crow's laugh. (laughs) (laughs) We have heard of you, even on the continent, Rhysand. We've heard what the Night Court does, what you do to your enemies. Peace for a man who melts minds and tortures for sport. I do not think you know the word. Damn. I mean, I will say, as much as I don't like these mortal queens, she's kind of in a Well, exactly. I, I agree. I think even though they might not be good people and we don't know enough about them yet, they also don't know. He he makes the mask. He's He is supposed to be this evil man. So they do, or evil fae, I should say. They do Thank have you. a point. Thank, Thank you. you. I am so sorry to the fae <laughs> out there. Um, so they have a point. But Feyre is furious, of course, of because course. they're insulting Rissan. But she calms herself and then realizes, I have to, as the emissary, this is my job. I need to get the book. And she asks about it, which goes as well as you can imagine. No, the book will not leave our territory. Feyre's not maybe super practiced on being an emissary, and she's not crushing it, I will say. Nah. Please, please give us the book. (laughs) Um, You got to work on your presentation, I'm going to say. I mean, this is her first bout as emissary to the mortal lands, so she's got to, you know, she's got to kind of fake it till she makes it. Sure. And I don't think I'd be any better. I would also like, please! Come on! Um... She implores them to listen to reason that a commander of uh, Highburn murdered her, that this commander destroyed Prithian for 50 years for fun, and their army will turn humans into slaves. It's, it's only going to get worse, but they're not moved. After recent favor contend with them, more steps in because she is the Morrigan. Her gift is truth. I love you more. She fought alongside their ancestors, marched back into the Blacklands, which the Blackland, we'll talk about in a minute, with Miriam to free the slaves held there before the war. Miriam, a human, a half-human, was her friend. Feyre is her friend. She wants to stand beside the humans. When they still refuse, Moore says, and when I look at you... She bared her teeth. I see nothing of those women in you. When I look at you, I know your ancestors would be ashamed. Damn! Laying on the guilt pretty thick. Guilt works for me. And I feel like maybe that's why I'm never going to be like a queen of a mortal land. Because if you guilt me, like, I'll do whatever you <laughs> want so me to sorry. do. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'll do it. But also, she has a... I mean... I think she earned that because she fought in this horrible war. Oh, yeah, dude. And, like, on the side with the humans. She's trying to help them. Yes. 
Yet, in that moment, in her panic, Moore decides to reveal a secret, one that has been kept for 500 years. Miriam, who she just mentioned, and Dracon live. They live in a place of harmony with both humans and fae living side by side. Don't worry, this means nothing to you yet, but it's about to mean something. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first read this, I was like, like what? But who, the give, who the hell is this? Yeah. And by Reese's reaction, it's clear that that was not part of the plan, that Moore has said this in desperation. Suddenly, these bitch queen's ears are perked up. <laughs> oh, yeah? Prove it. Prove it that you are this prince of peace that you claim. And again, not it's not uh, unfair. Yes, because, I mean, this is what he tells everyone that he really is, that he's someone that's not to be trusted. Right. Um, but... When they say that, Reese realizes and Favor realizes in that moment there's only one obvious way to give them proof. Show them Valaris. Reese rose in a fluid motion. I don't want them to show them I Valaris. Know. Sorry, I'm supposed to be reading. I'm reading the book. Reese rose in a fluid motion. The queens did the same. His voice was like a moonless night as he said... You desire proof. I held my breath, praying, praying he wouldn't tell them. He shrugged, the silver thread in his jacket catching the sunlight. I shall get it for you. No, No, Reese! Don't do it! Don't do it! Reese, no! But they at least concede that they will consider their proof once it is presented. Then they are gone, winnowed away by their gifted magic. By who? Gifted by who? We don't know. Mm. I am also a little surprised that they're not more like, who's letting you win them? I know. I think maybe because they were so distracted by asking for the book, they didn't want to push it. But yeah. like, you should probably find that out. Yeah. As real as the spy, you need to go figure this Ooh, out. Yeah, okay? he's covered in shadows. He's Shadow my bed. Sorry, I'm I'm starting to like I can feel my loins churning just knowing that this chapter up. is getting sexier. <laughs> so after the queens leave, the archerons in the inner circle are left speechless in their wake. And it was Elaine, Elaine, who sighed and murmured. I hope they all burn in hell. Whoa. All right, Elaine. Good job. The inner circle returns to Valaris and they weigh their options. They could kill and replace the queens. Too messy. Too short on time. Too much. Moore offers, hey, let me try again. I'll go to the human realm. Absolutely not, Asriel says. He has spies there, of course, and knows that their castles were built by fey hands to be death traps for fey who try to penetrate the walls. It was part of the bargain at the end of the war. Here, Feyre realizes she doesn't know the full story of the jury and love triangle that just came up. Who is Dracon? We've brought it up on the show, I think, already, because I was talking about it way back in the beginning of the book. But the backstory of this is the backstory of Jurian's madness. But Reese interlocked his fingers in the space between his knees before he said, 500 years ago in the years leading up to the war, there was a fey kingdom in the southern part of the continent. It was a realm of sand surrounding a lush river delta, the Black Land. There was no crueler place to be born a human, for no humans were born free. They were all 
slaves forced to build great temples and palaces for the high fae who ruled. There was no escape, no chance of having the freedom purchased, and the queen of the black land. Memory stirred in his face. She made Amaranthus seem sweet as Elaine. More explained with soft venom. So... I don't believe we see where the black land is, but I think it would be below here somewhere. Below the big chunk of mortal lands. I think. I mean, we don't really know at this point. We may learn in the later books. Miriam was born from assault, we'll say, a female to a human slave. Eventually, Miriam was gifted to a prince by the queen of the black lands who was set to marry him, Prince Dracon. But Tracon wasn't cruel like the queen was. He freed Miriam and she fled. And that's where she met Jurian. She joined his ranks. So Miriam is half human, half mm-hmm. fae. Dracon is full fae. And Jurian is a human. human. Yep. Exactly. So I had to like go through this in my head. That's why I'm dry. I'm not like trying no, to oversee what you're saying, but like I had to like put this together when I was first reading it. I was like, okay, that one did this. This one because it's yeah. a lot of info in yeah. one go here. There's a lot of characters. Um so this is, you know, this is how Jorian basically Jorian, of course, in the eye, the eyeball ring. This is how he ended up where he got to. So whenever she fled, that's when she met Jurian, because this was at the beginning of the war. She decided to join his ranks as the war began to wage, and she found that she had gifts as a healer, and she would use that on Jurian's armies when they were injured. And wouldn't she know it, she ended up tending to some of Jurian's allies as well, who just so happened to include Prince Dracon. Turns out, after he let Miriam go, he ended his engagement to the queen and fought as an ally to the humans in the war and had been looking for Miriam because he was in love with her. Whoa. As Jurian descended into madness during the war, he didn't notice that Miriam and Dracon had become lovers. Damn. But Moore insists that her friend Miriam broke it off with Jurian first, which I find very funny. She like interjects the story like a be- like a bestie. She would made do. sure to Listen, like break up with him. That is bullshit. She <laughs> told Jurian first. Okay, they were already broken up, and then she fell in love, so it was completely fine. She's like, "Don't shit talk my friend, dude." You know what? But it also makes me love more even more. Oh yeah, more even more, 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 more. more. When Amarantha captured and tortured Jurian, she told him that his beloved had betrayed him and was dead, because even Amarantha didn't know that Dracon and Miriam escaped. And this is what Moore said to their the mortal queens. They are alive. They escaped, and everyone thought they were dead, but they found an island to make their new home, and they disguised it with magic, where now fae and humans live together in harmony. Which just sounds like a beautiful place of peace. Yeah. Okay, we'll go there, and then we'll marry the fae, and then we can all have babies, and then the babies will have, they'll have all the powers. I want the power. I know, I. that's what, as I was saying, it. I don't want the babies to have the power. (laughs) That would be fun, though, a, like a Rugrats about Fay babies. Oh my God, <laughs> Fay babies, Fay babies. What or magic like, do like they babies. have? Yeah. Oh fae yeah. Fay babies, uh. and make your dreams come true. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's going. So this is the backstory of Jorian. When Favor asks why they can't show the queens that land, it seems obvious to me. 
they didn't consent to be killed. It would be a betrayal of their friendship. But I know that at this point, she'll just do anything because she just doesn't want to show Valaris. I get it. It's going to have to be, unfortunately, what Feyre fears, what they all fear. They have to see Valaris to believe. But Reese would never let those vipers into the actual province. He wants to show them in the only way that can't be disregarded as a trick. And that way sits inside the court Court of of nightmares. nightmares. It is the Veritas. Just like the blood that runs through Morrigan's veins, the Veritas contains truth magic. Truth magic. Ooh la la. It was known amongst Fey and high-ranking humans alike as a powerful talisman. This is a sidebar, but I got curious about the word talisman because it's used in fantasy a lot. And I was just curious. And it, orina- yeah. it originated in the mid-17th century and has origins from the word, the Arabic word tilsim in Byzantine Greek telisma. And it mean, loosely means religious rite or payment. Ah. So it's like it's a, basically a holy ob- object ordained with magic that you like keep somewhere special. Um, and that can be any kind of magic. It could be the magic from within you. It doesn't have to be fey magic. Yeah, but that's like kind of dumb. I know. I hate being a human. <sighs> In order to steal it from under Moore's family's nose, Reese will be bringing along Moore, Cassian, Azrael, and Feyre to the Court of Nightmares. It's another steel seed. Man, they've got so much trickery afoot in they this have book. To. It's crazy. They have to because they have to they're they're the ones who can help save people and but they have to keep their facade up. But do you think that they're ever just like watching an episode of Ted Lasso? No. You know, just like I don't even care about soccer. No. They don't get to. It's except sad. except we do learn about a place and like Later on in the books where they do go to relax. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we relax there. Yeah, we have snowball fights and we relax. Yep. That's all now we'll I'm say. Dreaming. Now I want to go there. We're not there yet. Okay, we're not there yet. No, we're going to the Court of Nightmares. We're going to the Court of Nightmares. So they need to practice some sleight of hand maneuvers. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they do slide some hands. Mm-hmm. So Farah feels immense sadness at revealing the city. Not ready to call it her city, but it goes. she goes down to its streets to, at the, that night and just stares out at it. And it's evident that she has grown quite attached to Valaris. Even just the rest of them not protesting that she walked the streets alone gives us a glimpse of the comfort they are all feeling between one another. She even looks towards the rainbow and briefly thinks about paint. Whoa. About going into those shops and galleries down there. But then a trickle of fear fills her. What if she allows that light in and it's all swept away and showing these queens she distrusts so? This very place of serenity she now admires. So, like a coward, I turned and went home. So she doesn't allow herself to feel like the joy and love of she, that she would have going down into the rainbow. But she is thinking about it. Yes. And subtle here in that in that line, home. She does say home, which is really adorable. She doesn't say the townhouse. She doesn't say Reese's home. She says her home. She's letting it slip in, little mm-hmm. Fei-Fei. Well, yeah, there's a couple things she's going to let slip in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not for a while. I know. Still, don't worry. We're still being edged. Don't worry. So when she enters, she finds Reese waiting for her by the stairs, pensive. He tells her he's considering leaving her back in Valaris for tomorrow. But Feyre doesn't want to hear it. Don't do this. Don't lock me up here. 
But that's not really what he means. He, he doesn't want her to have to see him in this cold, cruel mask of the High Lord that he has to wear. I remained in the center of the foyer as I asked carefully, Why don't you want me to see that? Because you started only to look at me like I'm not a monster, and I can't stomach the idea of anything you see tomorrow, being beneath that mountain, putting you back in that place where I found you. It pains Rizan to put her back in this setting where she was tortured. Okay, yes, and I get that, but also... Isn't she going to be all, like, turned on because you're like, oh, look at how good you are at putting this facade on so you can protect yourself and your people? Well, he maybe he wants that to be the case, but he doesn't know. Yeah. She's been all broken, you know. Yeah. And it's not, you know, this is not exactly where she was tortured and killed, but not directly. But Amarantha based her palace on the image of the Court of Nightmares. So when they go there... It's going to feel like under the mountain, and Reese will have to become that version of himself that, like the one she first met. Feyre thinks and prepares to feel the panic she did when she was first tasked with going into the prison. She's like waiting for that terror to overcome her. She waits, and it doesn't come. She has grown since then. She's strengthened. Yes, bitch. And she has honed and harnessed her magic, and I feel like that... That sensation of personal autonomy probably helps her a lot. Plus, I trust you, she says to Rison. <gasps> She's melting, but like in a good way. And not like a good witch. melting, not, not a, a witch, witch way. way, in a fey way. In a fey way. Reese goes on to explain Moore's dark past with her family here. They are the ones who rule over the court of nightmares. Ugh. He recalls watching her father, who's named Kier announced that she was to be sold to Eris, the older brother of Lucian. This is way back when she was 17. Also, I will say, very important to interject here, I did do a witch character of Akatar. do you end up with quiz, Uh-oh. and it said Eris. Wow. And I don't know what that says about me as a human being, but um, in my head, he is very, very hot. Oh, yeah, no, he's described as hot, and also... Without giving any, anything away, we have a lot to learn about Eris still, so we don't this is actually— just the beginning of Eris, Yeah, he yes. comes back quite a bit. But I just want everyone to know now, before we get into the rest of Eris through the books, that he's the one I'm meant to be with. Oh, no. I guess I need to take this now. Yep. Gotta take it. Okay. So, this is, again, the older brother of Lucian. Even with Moore's unprecedented power, because if you recall, she had more power than anyone in her family, including the males— Women still held no power in her court. Reese was not yet High Lord, so there was little he could do, except bring her around a bunch of hot, horny warriors who are stuck on the side of a mountain, which is what he did. Not for the purposes that Moore used it for, but he was the one to bring her to the Illyrian camps after this announcement was made by her father. And when she got to those Illyrian camps, she found her cousin's friend Cassian, and she seduced him with... I imagine it was just sort of her going, wanna? And then him just like ripping his clothes off like they were like they were Adidas tearaway pants. This this is what makes me so happy about this like flingship. Because like, haven't you been there with a friend before of like, hey, wanna? I mean, we're not doing anything. Yeah. You're not doing anything. Wanna? Yeah. And then you kind of do. And then it's just like. Well, that happened. And then you continue on with your existence. Yeah. And I like that there is a 
portion of this of a flingship flingship friendship in these books. Yeah, and and you know, obviously Cassian's. Cassian. Like he's gonna like be like, yeah, you're hot. Of course, I'll yeah, have sex with you. Yeah, I'll totally have sex with you. Um, and then, but it, you know, eventually after you know Reese found out, there was a big thing, and she didn't want to get involved with Cassian after that because there was like a whole everybody was mad at each other. But she did it because not only did she want to like sleep with a warrior, but <laughs> and we learn about more of that more side of it later. But right now, as Reese is telling it, she if she gave her way. If she gave away her virginity to a lowborn warrior, her family would consider her like tainted and useless. Which, Which is, is to say, what a horrific. fun way to become useless. Yeah, right? Yeah. Have sex with Cassian. Okay, I'll be useless. Yeah. Would you like me to be useless? <laughs> and frankly, if somebody like counts your worth in that way, I don't want to be worth anything to you. No, no. Take then You're take it away. Take it away on your own account and yeah. like your own accord and good for her. But it does end up um, not being good. No. In the long run. So because she did this, Eris was like, I'm not going to have this disgusting, tainted woman. And the family punishes her for this, for this egregious act of having control over her own body. And they torture her. They nailed a note to her body and then they left her on the border of the autumn court <sighs> telling them that she was Eris's problem. Problem now, yuck. Ugh. So she was left I'm, to die. Talk about having some family issues, right? Mm. At least that never happened to us. No, 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 no. And I never got to have sex with Cassian. But there also was never a lord who was trying to marry me or anything. So. No, surprisingly, all the lords I know are like pass, and I don't know why. You're like, but I'm like, hey, you could smash. But what about yes? Use your bazooms as weapons. <laughs> what about smash? <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Hot off the press from Maybelline, New York. It's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. So Eris finds her um, out there, and he leaves her there to die. 
But fortunately, Azrael then finds her the next day and she survives. I thought of that merry face, the flippant laughter, the female that did not care who approved, perhaps because she had seen the ugliest her kind had to offer and had survived. Baron's fire began crackling in my veins. My fire, not his, not his son's either. I took Reese's hand and his thumb brushed against the back of my palm. I tried not to think about the ease of that stroke as I said in a hard, calm voice I barely recognized. Tell me what I need to do tomorrow. Yes, Batch. So, the next day, they all take to the skies, heading from, from Valaris to the Court of Nightmares. All of them but more, who will winnow there and meet them in front of the gates. Reese's concerns have not eased, so Feyre, cradled in his arms, tries to distract him. Amran and Moore told me that the span of an Illyrian male's wings says a lot about the size of other parts. His eyes shot to mine, then to pine tree-coated slopes below. Did they now? I shrugged in his arms, trying not to think about the naked body that night all those weeks ago, though I hadn't glimpsed much. They also say that Azriel's wings are the biggest. <laughs> Even in his worry, he can't be help but be baited by Pharaoh's taunting, which is obviously flirting. With a devilish look in his eye, he says, When we return home, let's get out the measuring stick, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. They continue this back and forth as they zip through the skies. It's like a very flirty face scene, with Cassian and Azriel flanking them on either side, presumably rolling their eyes. Uh. Because they're yes. doing that thing that two people do when they clearly want to fuck each other, but they think they're being really sly, but literally everyone around them are like, get Rome already, good Oh my God. God. Oh my God, especially when it's between I'm like friends that have known each other for a really long time and how it's just such a huge part of your friend group of like, well, now they're, they've got to like have their like, no, we don't like each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everyone's like, Jesus Christ. We all understand that. We, Just, we know. Yes. Okay. Make kiss, will ya? Yes. <laughs> Febe, get down. Febe, get down. Furthering that, we learned something else about wings in this scene. <laughs> they, they are sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the wings. I'm sorry. I get to, I'm so excited. When Feyre, someone innocently reaches out to touch his wing out of curiosity, he shudders. When she asks what it feels like, he whispers in her ear and she's like, oh, he like blows in her ear. I just love that like he shudders yeah. every time he, she touches the wings. So then she but she uh, kind of doesn't realize that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, she's like, okay. Oh, I took it a little too <laughs> <Whoops>. far. <laughs> Yeah, so this fla this fae flirt goes on for several pages, and though I want to rehash every part again, I don't want to do the thing. So the gist of it is that they are both very much leaning into sexual conversations. And yes. we gauge that an Illyrian's wigs are, in fact, objects of arousal in the right setting. <laughs> but if <laughs> You're not— You're saying this so well. You're doing <laughs> such a good job. <laughs> and I'm over here just, like, slobbering all over myself thinking about wings. Believe me, I feel, I feel the same way. <laughs> so— if 
Um, so if it's in the right setting, it's the thing. But if not, it'd be like somebody stroking your boob and then being like, wow, look at these things. You know, like if you don't, they don't know. Or like right, like where the ball sack connects yeah. to the body. So basically she has just stroked the dick of his back. <laughs> but then, <laughs> it is the dick of his back. But then Rizan tells her that he's never had his wings out during sex. It's too vulnerable for him. Because, of course, unlike most Illyrians, he has the ability to disappear his wings from sight. In the middle of this discussion, suddenly Reese jerks them downward and Feyre realizes that an arrow has come shooting at them from the ground. And not just any arrow, but an ash arrow. No! With the intent to kill. All three Illyrians slam to the ground on full alert, all fully shielded with their magic. They were in no real danger thanks to their skill set, but they want to know who dare shoot at the High Lord of Night. In full protection mode, Reese commands Cassian to take Feyre up to the Moonstone Palace while they hunt. No, she says. Instead of argue with her, he waits to hear her reasoning. Feyre's seen ash arrows, and if she finds them on the ground, there's a chance her power will allow her to identify which court they came from. She tells him she will hunt from the ground while he's up in the sky, basically saying, you better not play with me, Mr. High Lord. I'm not going to hide away. I can't. She is strong. Don't put her locked away up in in the cage. Yes. After a moment of consideration, he continues with his instructions. His eyes at last found mine. We've got an hour until we're expected at court. Make it count. Unfortunately, none of them are able to locate who flung the arrows or even any of the projectiles from that hour of time they got. So by that time, they had to get to the court of nightmares and they gave up. And so they approached the mountain. The court of nightmares is set between two monstrous doors carved into the side of the mountain. If you didn't know there was a city there, you'd never guess. All of it's contained completely inside. Feyre met with more prior to the males touching down, and she has helped Feyre get into her costume for this facade that oh. they will all now play a part in. Fashion! Yeah. As she and more enter, Feyre is frozen for a moment, but then as she gets her bearings, realizes, realizes she's definitely not under the mountain. By the way, I had a really fun outfit I wanted to wear for this that was like, Close enough to not being sexual harassment in the workplace, but because I couldn't wear like what she's actually wearing. No, in this. no, no, no. But um, it didn't come in time. Uh, well, there were. I mean, don't worry. There's going to be plenty of other like night court times yeah. that you can get. You I'm know. definitely wearing it. Oh, you gotta wear it. I gotta see this fit. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, yes, but she realizes she this. Okay, this is definitely not under the mountain. Indeed, Amarantha's court had been the work of a child. The Court of Nightmares was the work of a god. So I got to admit in this description, as someone who is a haunted house dark ride aficionado. I want to go there, dude. It makes me think of that. And so the city sounds pretty cool. Dude, I I don't want to like, you know, have to be forced to live there. But I'd yeah. love to just visit yeah. and be scared. Yeah. So they, more leads them down this avenue. And it's it's basically like a city inside the mountain. It's like there's buildings, spires, bridges. There's, you know, it's just carved out of the stone. And there's just beautiful things like and scary things etched into it like all throughout like almost like big pillars of of like art but it's all scary and it's like figures 
fucking each other. Yeah, yeah. Which again, like, if I could just have like a hallway in my estate, you know, that mm-hmm. I would have based on the Court of Nightmares, yeah. you know, like I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm not gonna turn it into a baby's room or anything. <laughs> but maybe a child should be raised in fear. Yeah, right. No, that it makes them appreciate the sunlight when you let them out. <laughs> so we were all forced to read a child called it. We know what happens if that happens. <laughs> so also water like runs through in rivers and stuff, which I think is fun. Again, it reminds me of a dark ride. <laughs> an idiot. Yeah. So no, I um, want to go. I want to be inside of it just for a time. Yeah, just for a little bit. So this is the Hewn City. I keep forgetting it has a name, and they just. They don't just call it the Court of Nightmares because that while that's a pretty metal name, I don't think that they see it as a Court of Nightmares. It's called the Hewn City. But man, I could not handle never seeing the sun. It's it sounds as much as you want to like say this is like this beautiful place to never be able to really go outside. I think that they sometimes do, but it's mostly just all kept in the dark. Maybe they're taking their vitamin D to try and make up for it. Oh, they it. take their vitamin D there a lot. <laughs> More leads Feyre to an underground castle that sits within the city itself, the place where Rizan's throne is. And we do have some Faetians in this scene. Oh, we do. She wore deepest red the gossamer and gauze of her sleeveless gown clinging to her breasts and hips, while carefully placed shafts left much of her stomach and back exposed. Her hair was down in rippling waves, and cuffs of solid gold glinted around her wrists. A queen. A queen who bowed to no one. A queen who had faced them all down and triumphed. A queen who owned her body, her life, her destiny. And never apologize for it. Mm. My clothes were of similar ilk, nearly identical to those I had been forced to wear under the mountain. Two shafts of fabric that hardly covered my breasts flowed to below my navel, where a belt across my hips joined them into one long shaft that draped between my legs and barely covered my backside. But unlike the chiffon and bright colors I had worn then, This one was fashioned of black, glittering fabric that sparkled with every swish of my hips. Woo! Man, I bet she looked so good. Now more and Pharaoh walk through the palace. They are in their roles, smirking, sultry, looking down upon the masses. They finally approach where Reese's throne sits, carved from onyx, the shape of great snakes winding around one another to form the seat. But before they can reach it, they are cut off by a beautiful, golden-haired man, Moore's father, Kier. Yeah. Where is he? He ignored Feyre completely, but Moore is not shaken by her stupid little father. He arrives when he wishes to. She and Moore continue to the throne and flank it as Moore announces to the busy, food-laden hall before them. Your high lord approaches. He is in a foul mood, so I suggest being on your best behavior, unless you wish to be the evening entertainment. And before the crowd could begin murmuring, I felt it. Felt him. 
So the two warriors, Cassian and Asriel, enter before Reese, and Feyre thinks about how these are not the two men she knows. They're in brutal armor, and while they usually have siphons on their forearms, they are each now wearing seven. Yes! She realizes that while most warriors need one siphon to control their power, As and Cass need seven each. Each! Goosh, goosh, Whoa. goosh is so powerful! This quartet, the four of them, are danger and malice and sex. sex. Yes. The show for Kier while they are pillaging his stores. And Recent appears. His power unleashed, he is a force to be reckoned with. Feyre's thoughts race, but you can sense her blood rushing with exhilaration. Yeah, blood's rushing down to something. <laughs> Despite knowing he will be playing a mask of cruelty, they all bow in his presence, including Feyre. She keeps her eyes lowered until Reese's boots appear before her. He grips her chin, owning her. Welcome to my home, Feyre Cursebreaker. Okay, I'm not going to go through the scene in its entirety, for one, because you're my sister-in-law. Whoa! And the scene causes me feelings. There's a couple, there may be a couple of feelings that happen. But also, again, we have some very special guests to read the next few pages of this book in the episodes, and I am very excited about them. Um, I think you will be as well. Also... If you've read this book, these books, you were you don't need to be you know reminded of this scene. You know this okay? scene. You know what I'm talking about. If you have not read it, I highly recommend that you do. Even if you don't want to read the whole books, you should read these scenes. Yes. Um, it was this scene that first shook me to my core when I oh, read yeah. these books. Th- I throbbed while reading it. And while we're not going to describe the entirety of what happens, as we'll let some of our guests do that, I will say that I think this is one of the reasons that these books... Kill me and the erotica parts because I just feel like there is so little out there that is both sexually powerful and not just like super violent porn against women. And I'm not shaming anything or discounting kink stuff or subdom stuff at all. It definitely has a place and has there's a perfectly healthy expression for consenting adults. But it's just that porn that's like dominates the vig- mass majority of mainstream porn in my in how I feel. And it's just like not what I'm looking for personally. And I also think that that is where the rise of literotica mm-hmm. really shines, because I think that there is so many people that don't want to watch, especially non-ethically created porn. And that like for so long, like our generation, I feel like was the last generation where that's all we had for mm-hmm. a long time. The 2000s were a dark time. Yes. <laughs> and now we have this beautiful, just like so much literotica that we could choose from that has such strong female characters in it. And I think that's why we we are drawn to books like these. For sure. And it's also the other side of it is that like. The Fabio, like Vaseline lens, peasant shirt stuff is also not in. It's like, it seems like it either goes into this like Skinamax bullshit or it's just like super violent. Like it's almost angry sex stuff. And it's like, I think that there's a lot of, obviously, if anything, the popularity of the series makes it clear there is a very big market of people who are looking for this. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, for example, in this scene, there is a, a bit of a subdom theme happening, but they are very obviously both playing and, and both consenting. And they're both. It's very much also a two sided coin where they're both doing the taunting and dominating to each other in any given moment. It hopefully goes without saying, but I'm very pro sex industry when it's done ethically. 
But even within that sphere, so much of it seems centered on hating women. <laughs> like, it seems like so much hate. Or sometimes it's women hating men. And I can't speak for, I'm not speaking for queer porn spaces. I'm mostly talking about straight porn, obviously. Um, it just seems, it's weird to say, but it seems so much, so little porn seems based on actual pleasure. It seems more like punishment a lot of the time. Well, and also um, I think the idea of like what, how your pleasure is supposed to be and what is supposed to happen yeah. it was so, is such a huge part of it. Whereas like, no, it's not, off, especially in straight sex of like, no, you don't just put a penis in and all of a sudden you go, ah, and then yeah. you've come. That's yeah. just not how it goes. Yeah. And again, not hating on anybody who likes that sort of porn. Like, nah. it's not, I don't think you should consume unethical porn, of course. But um, it, it's just obviously there is a market for for something that's missing from pornography, and that's why we read it instead. But let's make some. Let somebody do some videos too. Come on now. There's a good amount of ethically created porn that, yeah, somebody, that is out there now, and oftentimes it is. It's behind a paywall, and you should be paying absolutely. your the, the sex workers. Oh that my you're god, watching. absolutely. You should pay them. People throw out if they have ethically created porn that's like not. No, no offense to like browsers or anything, but like you know, that's not that. Throw it out there. Let's, let's hear talk it. about it. So, all of this is. Goes all of this goes to say in the upcoming scene, Reese and Feyre put on a show for the partygoers, specifically Kier, where Reese and Feyre has Feyre on his lap playing like a sexual servant, and they both get really into the parts. <laughs> we'll say that. And the most, I read this scene um a couple of times. I probably read this scene like thirty fucking times <laughs> because also partly for this. It's oh, not, she has to do work. it. She has it's to do for it for work. work. Is because I care about you guys and I want to make sure she had to do it. <laughs> so me too. I was also doing. It for work. for work. It wasn't for pleasure. Yeah. It was yeah. for only work. Yeah. Um, research. So, uh, yeah. And this is the most intense ending scenario I've ever heard of. As they're about to basically start going to town on each other in the middle of the room, Azriel appears, giving Reese the signal that they have planned out. Moore slid up to the spymaster, running a proprietary hand over his shoulders, his chest, as she circled to look into his face. Az's scar-modeled hand wrapped around her bare waist, squeezing once, the confirmation she also needed. She offered him a little grin that would no doubt spread rumors, and sauntered into the crowd again, dazzling, distracting, leaving them thinking Az had been here the whole time, leaving them pondering if she'd extend Azriel an invitation to her bed. Azriel just stared after more distant and bored. I wondered if he was as much of a mess inside as I was. Because They're as... putting on a show. Because as they are about to conclude their little stage show, Feyre thinks of Tamlin, feels shame about wanting this man whose lap she was writhing upon so little after she had just proclaimed her undying love to this other high lord. But, like, she never really did say that she had undying love for him. No, remember? Yeah, he said, I love you. And she was like, no. <laughs> she eventually did say, I love you yes. to him. But it was sort of flaccid, sort of sorrowful, not an expression of passion and joy. And that is the only thing flaccid in this scene. Yeah, this Come scene was on. the opposite of flaccid in this scene. Yeah. 
But she feels confused and dazed and guilty because the scene, like, they neither of them could actually control how they felt. And, however, they, they don't have time to confront that just now as they have to finish their visit without raising suspicion. So when Moore and Az give their signal, it's time for Feyre to rise and join the Illyrians while Reese has some sort of inane meetings with the government people of the Hewn City so that they don't just, like, get up and walk out. out. She gets up to walk off the dais. But as I passed Kier, even with the High Lord at my back, he hissed almost too quietly to hear. You'll get what's coming to you, whore. Oh, I hate you, Kier. Big mistake here. Huge mistake. Kier, of course, doesn't understand the level of the connection that Reese and Feyre share, so he doesn't expect Reese to know exactly what he's just whispered, but he does. And he shatters Kier's arm right there. Yeah! Cracks it over and over again. Yeah! He's the High Lord! Yeah. And while he's in the throes of agony, he forces him to apologize to Feyre. Though he's defending Feyre, though he is playing his part, Feyre feels sick and terrified. Kier will survive and he will heal, but she doesn't want more violence done on her behalf. However, she seems to forget this pretty quickly, as this chapter ends with her standing near Cassian as Reese holds his court, and she ruminates on what just happened, how alive she feels, how she can't stop glancing in Reese's direction. Yeah, I think that chapter kind of solidified, like, a thing between the two of them. Yeah. (laughs) So chapter 43 opens with Reese having completed their mission in the Hewn City, flying Feyre to a faraway lake somewhere in the forest of the Night Court, specifically a, quote, moonlit mountain lake ringed in pine trees high above the world. I want to go. And it makes me wonder, for those of you who've read all the books, is this the same lake that we visit in book five? For those of you, Ooh, it know? could be. Do you think it's the same lake? Yeah. You know which lake I'm talking about. Oh, I know which lake you're talking about. Right? <laughs> yeah, noise. <laughs> Here we find, I don't know, I'm just curious. <laughs> Here we find a remorseful Reese upset with himself. He's sorry that he put Feyre through that, that he let her see that side of him. But I'm like, Dude, you know how she was feeling. Did you not see what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I know you I did because you could feel her. Yeah, I don't think she's that good of an actress. No. You felt something else, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said kind of just as much. She said, I'm fine. I'm not upset. Why are you acting like I am? She goes on, don't start pulling this protective stuff with me, trying to hide me away. And he gets the drift of what she's implying. Reese rasped. I will never, never lock you up, force you to stay behind. But when he threatened you tonight, when he called you, it's hard to shut down my instincts. Is that your? I became a Pomeranian. Yes, Pomeranian heat. And this does make her angry that he couldn't control his anger to the point that he shattered Kier's arm. As you recall, she has some trauma dealt with, like, some anger issues. Yeah. He should learn to figure it out. If he if it's going to overwhelm him, he should learn how to figure it out beforehand, shouldn't he? Therapy. I will kill anyone who harms you, he says. 
Both of them are in heightened emotions. Yeah. I'm not sh- I'm sure in no small part due to the physical feelings they had just had. I mean, imagine the shade of his balls right I now. I was just about to say, both of them throbbing with absolutely no release. And then they're having this really intense conversation. Just imagine what you'd be feeling of just like, yeah, no, I've got to like, just like, like shaking. <laughs> As they fight, she again alludes to the other High Lord. And it's more than he can take. Stop comparing. Stop comparing me to him. You think I don't know how stories get written? How this story will be written? Reese put his hands on his chest, his face more open, more anguished than I'd seen it. I am the Dark Lord who stole away the Bride of Spring. I am a demon and a nightmare, and I will meet a bad end. He is the Golden Prince, the hero who will get to keep you. No. And here is almost, that's a direct nod to the Persephone myth. He is Hades. He's the bad guy. Tamlin is the prince in every fairy tale, golden and living in perpetual spring. But Pharaoh hears, get to keep you. And what the fuck, Reese? What do you mean gets to keep her? This is just its heightened emotions. These are the kind of conversations that you have to be like, you know what? How about we regroup? Why don't we just take a second? Can think we about, winnow? Yes. Yeah. Can we just like have a winnow, please? <sighs> She says, what about my reward? What about what I want? Oh, good question, Farah. What do you want? Hmm? Yes. What do you want? It's then she realizes she doesn't really know what she wants. Yeah. Reese seems to know that as well, that she's playing a bit of a game with him. She flirts. She reciprocates. But she won't even admit to herself her feelings. He says, maybe spend some time one of these days trying to figure it out, girl. And this is triggering hashtag triggering to Farah mm-hmm. because he is cutting to the core of her. She can't detangle her guilt over Tamlin with her desire for Reese. And what about her need to paint? <laughs> Where does that No one's fall thinking in? about her painting. <laughs> and as we're cele- we're almost celebrating Rex Manning Day this week, it's fitting Whoa. that she does the Gina revealing Corey speed addiction speech. <laughs> Where are my Empire Records heads? Yeah. At least I don't hide what I am, right, like Corey? Corey? <laughs> At least I'm not some closet speed freak. Um, she Ooh, that was good, Nat. Thank you. She doesn't say that exactly, but she kind of does. She explodes her feelings on Reese, and then he hide, that he hides behind his mask, even to his friends. And in a defensive state, she says, and what if they saw everything and still walked away? Who could blame them? Who would ever want to bother with that sort of mess? Ooh. Ouch, 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 ouch. This is why you take a winnow break so that you don't say things that you don't mean at the time just because it's heightened emotions. Yes. And Reese flinches when she says that. This has hurt him in his guts because this is his greatest fear. I wish he would have freaked out like Corey does in Empire Records, but he doesn't. He does something arguably worse. Instead of going, nothing's ever going to be fine! (laughs) He gets very quiet. Let's go home. The word hung between us, and I wondered if he'd take it back. Even as I waited for my own mouth to bark that it wasn't home. But the thought of the clear, crisp blue skies of Valaris at sunset... The sparkle of the city lights. They get back and Pharaoh wait, waits for Reese to appear in the garden, which is where she has stomped off to when they arrived. But he doesn't. Yeah, you heard him, girl. 
She goes over what has just happened and immediately feels guilt. She feels bad. She knows she's done something wrong. That when he confided in her, these feelings that he has, he trusted her and she threw it in his face. And perhaps it is this moment, this concept that he might be taken away from her, that she seems to realize how much she wants him. She decides in that moment that she wants to make something work between them, that she wants to try something, that she wants to be honest with him about her feelings for him and not play it off as a game. She thinks whether it is purely sex or more, she's willing to try, which is funny because she's like, I got to get that D or I'm going to go insane. <laughs> well, especially after that scene. How could you not be? And then she's like, well, maybe I mean, he might take me on dates or like whatever, but I got to get in those pants. Yeah, dude. So, no, but she does think back on all that he has done for her, truly, the level of care, of consideration, of patience. And she's got to get in those pants. pants. And touch those wings. Mm. So I waited for him in the chilled, moonlit garden. But he didn't come. Oh, no. His pharaoh ruined everything. The next morning, again, he doesn't appear. No. She tries fay texting. I want to talk to you. Nothing. It doesn't even disappear. No, he won't even accept her fae text. She's angry. And good on her because me, I'd be acting like a baby. Yes. I'd be like, respond oh, to me. God. I want to die. Like, I just feel <laughs> like. I want to die. <laughs> I'm not over emotional. I apologize to people who are listening in earbuds to this. We have screamed a lot, but this is a very heightened emotion episode. Okay? It's, this, is a, this is one. This is the one. This is what got me. Hmm. Like, it was the final like nail in the coffin of I'm obsessed with these books oh, yeah. it was that scene oh yeah so she decides to, to like distract herself she decides to walk over to Amron's apartment she's greeted by Amron letting her know that Reese had bit her head off this morning and it's Feyre's fault she also informs her that he is out hunting the Fey who shot the arrows at them which is why she can't get a hold of Reason. Pharaoh goes on to ask, do you think it was the summer court? The blood ruby still sat on the floor, still used as a paperweight against the river breeze blowing in from the open windows. Varian's necklace was now beside her bed, as if she fell asleep looking at it. Uh-oh, the monster caught feelings. Oh, man. Oh, what if she's just holding it as she sleeps? Sleep. Amron doesn't know, but has concluded that these enemies somehow have tracking on Reese's magic and are using it to follow him. Because of this, they are all moving to the Illyrian war camps for safety, minus Amron. But not today. Tomorrow is Starfall. Starfall! And Feyre's never heard of Starfall. She's like, what are you talking about? We got a new holiday, folks. Yes! We've already heard of Ninsar, the day of seeds and flowers. Ninsar, by the way, seems to be an original name creation by Mass. I haven't found any mention of it in historical holidays. Um, Though if you have, let me know. But only in the night court do they instead celebrate Starfall in, in, uh, in replace of Ninsar, both of which are celebrated in the spring. But Amran won't give any more away about the holiday, leaving Feyre to find out the surprise for herself. Feyre, feeling a bit defeated, goes to leave Amran's apartment, but Amran stops her. She tells her that when Reese came back home from under the mountain, he was a ghost, a shell of a male. But then when Feyre came, it brought him back to life. 
Feyre mourns in those moments over what she may have done in saying those hateful words to him. Should have taken a winnow break. Should have taken a winnow break. (laughs) Amran, a faithful hype man, tells Feyre that Reese is special and that Amran's known many high lords in her millennia alive, and he is the only one who's truly dreamed of peace. Oh, it gives me chills. Of something better for everyone and not just himself. Feyre responds... He thinks he'll be remembered as the villain in the story. She snorted. But I forgot to tell him. I said quietly, opening the door. That the villain is usually the person who locks up the maiden and throws away the key. Oh. I shrugged. He was the one who let me out. Oh. Oh, the chills. He's not a villain. He's not a villain. He's a hero. Favorite tries again to reach out to Reese via Faye text, but trying this time to be playful in her messages. Nothing happens. She, twice she tries this. Then, perhaps in a panic and in frustration, she writes a third message as she's preparing for whatever starfall is. Is this punishment? Or do people in your inner circle not get second chances if they piss you off? You're a hateful coward. And wouldn't you know it, that message vanishes. Nuala and Sarah Dwin arrived to help me dress, and I tried not to stare at the desk as I waited, waited and waited for the response. It didn't come. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, but then it's Starfall. So we don't know. Maybe we don't know. Maybe it'll be bad. Maybe, maybe he won't talk to her bad. ever again. Maybe he'll never talk. Talk about putting your foot in your mouth. I know, dude. But, like, you know, he's not going to hold it against you forever, hopefully. Oh, God. What if he does? Uh, What a way to leave us, Natalie, on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're the evil villain Yeah, I'm the bad one. Um, This is the the turning point for me. This is where I uh, really... Really, really your allegiance fell. to Prithian. Yes, that I really don't want to be a human anymore. No, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but we're in it together, guys. Yeah, so fun, so lovely to spend the the many hours of this episode. Um, thank you for all, all also reaching out and just letting us know you don't mind longer episodes, most of you. Um, yes, and thank you so much. And also, I think that you could just start drinking every time we say, I don't want to be a human, I want to be Faye. Yeah. And I think that is the drinking game of this show. Yeah, I think, you know, be, be careful. Yes, please. <laughs> please be careful. Uh, join us again next week for uh, Starfall and everything that happens after. Ooh, I'm the Mario now, dog. Ooh. Mario? Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Please read up until part three, The House of Mist, or page 499 in the paperback edition. And now... Dudes Grappling with Erotica, for educational purposes only. Featuring Amber Nelson and Emily Fleming. I gave him a few smiles, and he handed over a family heirloom. I bet he'd give me the keys to his territory if I showed up wearing those undergarments. Someone thinks mighty highly of herself. Why shouldn't I? You seem to have difficulty not staring at me day and night. There it was. A kernel of truth and a question. Am I supposed to deny? He drawled. 
but something sparkled in those eyes. That I find you attractive. You've never said it. I've told you many times and quite frequently how attractive I find you. I shrugged, even as I thought all of those times when I dismissed them as teasing compliments, nothing more. Well, maybe you should do a, a better job of it. The gleam in his eyes turned into something predatory. A thrill went through me as he braced his powerful arms on the table and purred. Is that a challenge, Feyre? I held the predator's gaze, the gaze of the most powerful man in Prithian. Is it? His pupils flared. <sighs> Gone was the quiet sadness, the isolated guilt, only that lethal focus on me, on my mouth, on the bob of my throat, as I tried to keep my breathing even. He said, slow and soft. Why don't we go down to that store right now, Farah, so you can try on those lacy little things, so I can help you pick which one to send to Tarquin. My toes curled inside my fleece-lined slippers. Such a dangerous line we walked together. The ice-kissed night, wind rustled our hair. But Ray's gaze cut skyward, and a heartbeat later, Asriel shot from the clouds like a spear of darkness. I wasn't sure whether I should be relieved or not, but I left before Asriel could land. As soon as I entered the dimness of the stairwell, the heat rushed from me, leaving a sick, cold feeling in my stomach. I could almost see what could have happened. The shop ladies would have been polite, a bit nervous, mm -hmm. given us some privacy as Ray sat on the settee in the back of the shop while I went behind the curtained off chamber to try on that red lace set I'd eyed thrice now. And when I emerged, mustering more bravado than I felt, Ray's would have looked me up and down thrice, and he would have kept staring at me as he informed the shop ladies that the store was closed and they should all come back tomorrow. Okay, and I don't really want to. We'd be here leave any the tab on the counter. Okay. I would have stood there, naked save for the scraps of red lace, while we listened to the quick, discreet sounds of them closing up and leaving. And he would have looked at me the entire time, at my breasts, visible through the lace, at the plane of my stomach, now fully looking less starved and taut and the sweep of my hips and thighs between them. And then he would have met my gaze again and crooked a finger with a single murmur. Come here. And I would have walked to him, aware of every step, as I last stopped in front of where he sat, between his legs. His hands would have slid to my waist, the calluses scraping my skin. Then he'd have hugged me a bit closer before leaving in to brush to... Then he would have tugged me in a bit closer before leaning in to brush a kiss to my navel, his tongue. I swore as I slammed into the post of the stairwell landing, and I blinked, blinked as the world returned, and I realized. I glared at the eye tattooed in my hand and hissed both with my tongue, that silent voice within the bond itself. Prick! In the back of my mind, a sensual male voice chuckled with midnight laughter. <laughs> this is so silly. I know, I know. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts.
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.